And now, from the dry hills of Santa Clarita, California, it's time for America's least listened to podcast. It's Christianese with your blessing-filled hosts, Jared Burkholder, Dan Satchoff, and Brian Irwin. And of course, this is a regular episode. And so we can identify the sound of the Hammond B3. Oh, Jared, it's so good to hear you say that. And for once, I didn't screw up what kind of show we're doing because I, I was listening to the past two episodes and I was having many strokes and could not remember for the life of me. You're no spring chicken. You know, this is just what happens. You, you have to remind start me. start to slip. Hold on, my hip's clicking again. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have oh, a whole bunch of toilet paper hanging out of your pants. Okay. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, youngster. <laughs> How are you? I'm great, Dan. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. We got some work going on in the backyard. Yeah. In the uh, studio here. The studio the compound. Yard? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is going to be our new green room out there. Yeah. Which I'm pumped yeah, yeah. about. It's going to be good. We're putting, a, uh, we're putting an octagon in there, too, with yes. a cage. Yes. So after we have guests on the podcast, right. we can all wrestle. Rooster fighting, yeah. right? Ooh, yeah. Is that code for something? It's not. I just didn't want to say that. Oh, I got you. Yeah, you didn't want to say the C word? I didn't want to say the C word on air because the FCC has been after us. Yeah, that probably wouldn't be good Yeah, because you're a pastor. I'm a pastor. At I least in theory. I don't use in theory you are. Uh, body speech, mm-hmm. um, sorted right. language, right? Uh, lascivious kind of talk. I don't Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was me. Then today we have a guest with us. Yes. And I would like to, well, we don't even have to introduce him because he was here already. Barry Moore. Barry Moore, a good friend, Barry Moore. Moore Industries fame. That's yes. right. That's right. In, in <laughs> Never mind. I won't tell you about that. We'll keep that for another show. Moore Industries, Inc. Yep. Uh, well, but now I'm... My family's really, really wealthy. Curious. Really, really wealthy. Like, more money than you'll ever see in your life. Dude, how sweet would that be if we Google Barry and it's like, <laughs> it oh my gosh, so he's awesome. a billionaire. And he, he's Sir Barry Moore. That's right. Like, oh. Uh, that would be... Sire, that's true. You're buying lunch for the like next few. I actually, so... I'm so glad you're here because last time we had you here was eons ago, it feels like. It was. It was literally one. And we've been trying to get you back. And last week we had you scheduled, but that I had to push because I got some work stuff coming up. So I'm glad to have you back. That was a proctology ad, right? Uh, it was. It was uh, Proctology. It's actually a kind of a kind of a co-sponsored thing. It's a collab, as the kids say today. Between, right, but it's like a new e-medicine Proctology thing. Right, with the pens as well. Right. So, so you FaceTime into your doctor. Yeah, that's the category I've switched to now. So when I go to auditions, it's me and a bunch of guys who are uh, 75. Right. So my right. agents think I'm 75. It's kind right. of unfair, though. Yeah, it yeah. is. But I don't care because the, the money is green. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's true. I'll do... Evergreen. I'll do explosive diarrhea ads all day long. You know as what I mean? As long as it's paying. As long as it's as long paying, as it's everybody. Paying. Is there like hazard pay for diarrhea ads? Uh, it depends. Like if do, you're they, a, do, do commercials that are potentially embarrassing pay more than others? Like if you're doing a yeah. male supplement commercial? Mm, you mean the little blue pill? Yes. Yeah, it depends. Ask your parents, kids. If you're, if you're a method actor, then there is hazard pay because <laughs> there are certain actor. preparations that have to be made. <laughs> I've never asked this question to someone yes. who really is in the industry. So there yeah. used to be a billboard, yeah. and there was a, a guy and a girl, different times the billboard got switched out, but yeah. their tooth was missing, and it was like for a, a doctor or a you know, yeah. dentist. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wondered, in, in them taking that photo, I assume they weren't really missing a tooth. Right, um, right. But I wonder if when they took the photo to go in for the ad job, were they told, that you're you're gonna be missing a tooth. We're when going to yeah. just figure you out. Yeah, they like I close sh- that. Yeah, I'm sure that with I'm not familiar with that specific one, but I know like I did do an ad for um, 
it was one of the I, IBSD, uh, you know, uh, medications yeah. to help with uh, that condition. To keep things moving. Yes, and it did. Uh, typically, those do pay more. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Yeah. You're going to be the face of explosive diarrhea. But I think I think they do, and also, but those are the those are the gold standard ones to have because all those things they don't shoot as many of them. They run them for longer. They run them a lot. Sure. So at three in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's actually pretty. TV but I'm end. sure for that one, they may have may have given the actor some negotiating room because yeah, if you're going to make you look yeah, really right. bad, that's your brand right. kind of. So okay, right. well yeah, I'll do that, but. Here's here's the but I need a lifetime supply of that supplement. (laughs) Well, yeah, I just thought about them like like going for a like a a commercial or a movie or something like down the road. Like, weren't you that person missing the tooth? (laughs) Wait a minute, wait, weren't you the guy who was missing all your teeth? Right, and you were playing Ned Beatty. (laughs) Uh, Hey, aren't you that meth addict from TV? Well, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not one, but I play, play one, one on, on TV. TV. Thank you. <laughs> Barry, tell us, just give everybody at home a recap real quick, your uh, your position at Grace Baptist Church, your background a little bit. Yep. So I am partnering in life and ministry. Maybe not in life. Mm. That sounded weird. came off wrong. But in ministry with Jared Burkholder <laughs> of our Grace Baptist. I just I, want to go on record saying that Barry and I are both married to women. That's right. right. So you guys, aren't, you guys aren't life partners? No, Is that no, what you're no, saying? No, we're okay, neither yeah, married to each okay. other nor the same woman. We both have our <laughs> oh, own respect. Wives. That's correct. Uh, let's correct. dig ourselves out of this one, shall we? Get the backhoe, please. <laughs> so I oversee the young adult ministry, which is kind of 18 to 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always tell people we don't check IDs if you're over 25. Uh, we <laughs> typically don't take you if you're under 18. That's more of a, a, a you're not in that life stage kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, we have 26, 27 year olds, that kind of thing. So I, I uh, maintain a weekly service, uh, just kind of uh, going through the Bible with them and teaching them. And then I do a bunch of various uh, curriculum writing really is kind of the other side of the thing that I do at the church uh, for our short term classes and then all of our sermon based discussion stuff. So that's my awesome. That's the world I'm in week to week. He's a content producer, Dan. A CP? A CP. Hey, everybody. Barry Moore, CP. CP. That's correct. LSD. Um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about with you today, yeah. I was not hip to your blog and your website yeah. until actually yesterday. Okay. It came up on Instagram, and we were just discussing how Instagram sometimes is really deceptive. It's hard to find the links to things. Yeah. And you see, it's such a visual platform that right. you will miss stuff right away. But I started reading it, dude, and it's really awesome, and we wanted to talk to you about Thank that. You. Uh, tell you. us the tell us the title of it. Yeah, so the, the website is called toworkandkeep.com, and that title actually came, wow, probably five years ago between mm. a friend and I talking. Um, and he, we were just talking about like that phrase from the Bible it comes from Genesis chapter one or two. And um, we were just talking about how the garden that God gives us, this, this idea that God gave Adam and Eve a garden, that they had to work and keep it. And that's kind of the mandate for, for men and women to um, work and keep and be laborers in this world that God has created for us. So the idea, and honestly, like I bought the domain five years ago. Really? Yeah. So I, I'm a weird dude whenever I have an idea. Like I, I get the Gmail account because I get yeah, yeah, the yeah. YouTube account. Yep. That, you know, so I just I've done that it. from a branding standpoint. That makes yep. a lot of sense though because yep. you, you never know. Yep. Do you own DanSatchoff.com? No. I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Yes, I do. Of course I do. And dude, I own Jared Bird. Oh, yeah, and I own JaredBirdholder.com. <laughs> be so incredible because <laughs> someday you're gonna blow up and i'm yeah, gonna you're right. gonna have to buy it from me for I'm five million dollars i think about that sometimes like just getting <laughs> yeah. all these but then i don't exactly. have that much money so so i but i bought this domain and it was sitting there for five years yeah. and just uh 
a year ago, mm-hmm. about about this time a year ago, I was like, I'm I'm getting on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start producing. And so uh, the idea of that garden motif just really was in my brain, in my head, and realizing that everybody everybody has a garden. I'm yes. calling it a garden. You call it miserable life. I don't know. Whatever you call it. Yeah, but like, Dan's life is pretty miserable. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for chiming in. Yep. I'm calling it a garden. Everyone has a garden. And I, and I believe that that's how God has made it. He's made it so that everybody has a sphere that they are to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, you have different kind of roles in that sphere. Mm-hmm. And you have, you're a mom, a dad, a, a uh, employee and employer, those types of things. And you have all of those roles in this sphere and you have to figure out how to maintain them. Right. So just right. like a garden that you got crops and you have flowers and, and they all have different uh, needs and attention and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's the same thing for our life, right? Like, and even think about you guys have kids. I don't have a child yet, but one on the, on the way here. Yeah. 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 Yep. Congratulations. Thank you. And just thinking about how your children are just different. They have different personalities. Their needs aren't the same. You mm-hmm. can't treat one kid like the same. You can't treat your, your spouse like your children. Um, right. and how everybody just has different needs in your sphere. You go to work and you can't treat your boss how you treat your wife. That would be weird. Right. And you can't, uh, you know, treat your coworker like you treat your friends and yeah, those yeah, types yeah. of things. And so just being mindful of the spheres you're in and the roles you have and how you maintain to keep them, keep them going, keep them healthy um, and vibrant even so that um, when, um, so that you're just able to maintain your life, mm-hmm. you know, that's just being mindful of those spheres. Um, right. If I don't, if I don't know that if I have a garden and I don't know, I have, you know, this very special type of flower that needs special type of care and attention and I'm overwatering it, I'm going to kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. just me being aware that I have a very special type of flower or a type of, of um, produce that I'm growing and yeah. it needs not a lot of water or this amount of sun and that kind of thing, I'm going to, I need to be pay attention to that so I can have a healthy garden. Yes. And so that's kind of the motif for to work and keep um, just my opportunity to share my life, how I'm maintaining my garden and, and hopefully encouraging others and calling others to be mindful of how they can take care of theirs and, yes. and be encouraged that they can take care of theirs. And so that was kind of the whole idea. Here's what I love. I love the motif of the garden thing on so many levels because as I was reading it, first of all, I liked it because it's rooted in Christian principles. Mm-hmm. But as this show, what we've tried to do all the time is Christianese is try to shoot down, okay, what do people stereotypically think of Christian culture, of of Christians? We're in a post-Christian age. Like, what is it? Is it a set of rules? Is it more than that? And I like that it's so accessible because that garden analogy and that metaphor, to me, is so accessible to people who are not Christians. And the way you write... Yeah is very much like, I like how you set the whole thing up. You didn't mention any scriptural thing until you got down at a little ways, and then all of a sudden you set up, okay, where does this come from? It, it comes from the Garden of Eden, and it's it's such an interesting, like, I like the setup, so it's accessible that way. Also, I like it, because you and I love food, yep. and Jared does as well. Mm-hmm. I do so, like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so then you've got the garden thing, and like even as you're just describing it just now in terms of like tending your garden because you're produce, and I'm like, oh, produce, I like, but it's just, it's very, it's a, it's a real accessible way to kind of link Christianity. Yeah, and so to be honest with you, when I when I wrote that um, about page of just mm-hmm. kind of giving the the big picture of what the site is, mm-hmm. 
I, I went back and forth. Like I, I, I legitimately went back and forth. Like, ah, oh, is this going to be a Christian blog? Like, yeah. am, I, am I writing to Christians? And, and then I just like went, I had to take, you can't curse if back. it is right. <laughs> right. You can, um, you have to put a lot of asterisks. That's true. And so I had this thought of, well, my Christian be- belief, my theology like tells me like, no, God made, made the world. He made the sandbox as it were, and everybody lives in it. And so if I think God made men and women and he has given them a sphere to work and keep, I, I have to believe that applies for non-Christian and Christian alike. Right. Um, you know, so a non-Christian in my worldview, I would say they don't, they don't know the God that they are um, supposed to know. Right. And even though they're, they're working a, a, their garden and all kinds of things, they don't, they don't know the God that they're supposed to know, but they still have a garden. Sure. And that, that is actually rooted in my theology that right, they right, have right. A, a garden that in God's economy, they're supposed to use for him. They're, right. They might be using it for something other else and purposes, but I would say they're use they should be using it for him. And so I had this moment of like, well, no, yeah, I think, I think that's true. Yeah. So right. I don't have to write, um, it's a, a common way. grace reality. Right? Exactly. Grace That's reality. What I was yeah. say. So just like the gift of marriage is accessible to believers and unbelievers, yep. we would say that to succeed and fulfill marriage the way that God intends, that yep. you need to be in relationship with Christ. Jared, do but, me a favor real quick. Unpack just for somebody, because I've realized recently we have a lot of people listening who are not Christians, sure. who don't have it. So, because I was just I mean, going to... a lot. Like, like We have like five listeners. One and a half. Right. No, but, there, but explore common grace just for a second, for somebody who's not familiar with, with common grace. Yeah, so from a Christian standpoint, we would say that there's specific grace that God gives in the person of Jesus Christ to those that he saves to become his children, right? Mm-hmm. So the grace to forgive their sin, uh, to give them his own righteousness, to, to adopt them into his family, mm-hmm. uh, we would call that special grace, right? Or, or mm-hmm. uh, Sal- yeah. Salvation. Saving grace. Saving grace. Um, that's that's unique to each person as God would call them to himself. But there is uh, what we would define as common grace, which is just something that by virtue of you living in the world and being a human, you experience grace, right? So the grace uh, to look up and see the beauty of the stars or to see the, the majesty of the ocean um, or to enjoy a delicious brisket smoked by my friend Barry. Right. That's actually a special grace because not everybody knows Barry that's and true. can have <laughs> brisket true. to get in on the right. brisket action. Yeah, yeah, so common grace is just uh, because God is a good God, he gives gifts to that we all, all people, benefit right? from, right? But right. then, because God is a, is, a, is a merciful God and a saving God, he, yeah. he he pursues certain people to save them, right? So, so that verse that says, like, the rain falls on the just and the right, just, right, right, even right. in the garden motif yeah. is saying that a non-believing uh, gardener, farmer, yeah. he's going to get rain for his crops. Right. And especially like, in that time, yeah. in biblical times, right. that was a huge thing because yeah. you lived and died by the rain, right? right? So that, okay, so now when you approach... So every person yeah. has that... That garden, then, that right? garden, Everyone, right? All of us, whether you're a Christian or not, God's put stuff in front of you. That right. you have the responsibility to cultivate. Yes, and He's made us with a desire to do that, an ability to do that. No, we would say to do that well and to do that in a way that that fulfills an ultimate purpose of glorifying Him. You need Christ. You can't do that apart from Christ. Right. But all of us do have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. I mean, I think it's like we talk about a lot on this podcast. There's a way even to draw in people who maybe aren't familiar with Christ and aren't familiar with the gospel by just talking about common things right. that are, are there by virtue of us being human. Right. And it, it, even to that point of, of when you talk about categories, right? Employee, employer, mom, dad, all those kinds of things. Non-believers have those same categories. Sure. Uh, yeah. Our ends are different, but they have those same categories. So we can at least start there and being able to even have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back from, 
I don't know when it was, but it was very, a conscious decision in the last six years or so to not uh, like apologize for being a Christian yeah, and realizing yeah, yeah. that like I actually don't want an unbeliever to apologize for being wherever they are in their worldview. Right, right. I want them to respect where I am, and I want to respect where they are, and I want us to engage, share ideas, and yeah. and convince each other that kind of thing of where we are, why we stand where we are in a honoring kind of way towards each treating each other like the image bearers that I believe that we both are kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of frustration that Christians have with non-Christians is rooted in their confusion and bewilderment about why non-Christians don't act like Christians. Right. Yes. Right. Rather than recognizing, okay, I mean, there's things that make us very different. Yep. And we wouldn't say those are insignificant, right? right. From a Christian standpoint, we would say, no, you're, you're headed towards the judgment that you deserve and Christ wants to save you. Right. But we'd also identify there are some things that that there's a commonality, right? right? And so in that, my my worldview says, yeah, there's ultimate truth. This is the reality for what is coming. They don't have my worldview, so they reject what Correct. I'm telling them as ultimate. Mm. And it's only in that relationship, as I continue to maintain it, that I'm able to even get them somewhere where they can start to consider those things and get to the place where, um, where they're able to, yeah, maybe even change and understand why they're doing what they're doing, where they're going and have a little bit more ultimate reality and understanding. But that happens in a relationship as we talk about parenting and life and all that together. Um, so this is a little bit of a rabbit trip, but talk for a second, or let's talk for a second about, uh, we don't have to use this term, but presuppositionalism, right? Just the idea that in order for me as a Christian to have a relationship with you as a non-Christian, you have to accept all these list of premises, you have to basically affirm what I want you to affirm, and then you enter into the safe zone the privilege of being my friend, yeah. right? That's such a different perspective, I think, than what we see with Jesus. Jesus goes and sits with whores and tax collectors and right. sinners and doesn't say like, hey, I'm Jesus. Well, I'll need you to sign this clause, right? Right. And he does, and he also doesn't apologize for being Jesus. Right. 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 He just actually yeah. kind of jumps in and... Like, hey, I'm Jesus. You're a whore. Let's talk. Yeah. Right. He, right. He, he, he meets Why did them. you look at me when you said that? <laughs> but he pointed at me. It was yeah, that's weird. It's weird. It's yeah, well, okay, never mind. ambiguous. So this yeah, is great. Yeah. And actually, the next episode is going to be called Dan and Barry a Horse. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> on the next on the CW. <laughs> I think at the top of this one, given the uh, supplement we referenced in this, we need to say, parents, please tell your kids to leave <laughs> this, the room. This is an explicit one. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. But so I think I think about that that kind of idea often, and realizing that Jesus Jesus really did just. He was so secure in who he was. Mm -hmm. He he knew who he was. He knew mm -hmm. why he came. He mm -hmm. didn't have to apologize to the, the to anyone. He didn't apologize to the Pharisees. He didn't right. apologize to the tax collectors or sinners or or make them feel comfortable with who he was. Mm. He kind yeah. of just entered in. He honestly entered in and challenged their worldview. And but he did it in such a way that was so normal. Yeah. He did it over dinner. Yeah. He he did it as they're just you know, you think Brisket. about brisket, right? They right. did it while they're they're in the if I can say park, if I can do a little anachronism mm -hmm. here, but like mm -hmm, they're mm -hmm. in these normal spaces they had where parks the, the Romans were known for that. There we go. <laughs> uh he in these normal spaces though. And he entered in their space and and met them where they were and showed them grace and truth. And and that's a, a discussion that we've had throughout the the length of this podcast that is it possible to engage people of a different worldview, we would say unbelievers, is it possible to engage them in a way that is kind and friendly and loving and provides on-ramps for lots of further conversation and to where like they feel welcomed and loved, 
but also that doesn't compromise on truth, doesn't affirm a lifestyle apart from Christ. And that also doesn't reject culture completely. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, so there is some commonality because I think we get this idea, and look, I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm not a pastor, but... I'm glad uh, you said that. You, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, I need that encouragement. But like I, like in the blog post I read that you you wrote about discouragement and things, you referenced uh, you referenced Aaliyah, with yeah. this song from the 90s that I remember really well, and I was listening to it, and I was like, that's a great reference because... It, not everybody has to reference just Christian music or Christian art. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, totally. Because I <laughs> even so, I didn't grow up Christian, and I neither did I. I didn't grow up listening to Christian. Music. I did. So uh, anyway, keep so going. Get out. Yeah, 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 keep going. That's fine. <laughs> and and thinking about I, people, people like um, there's oh shoot, I can't even think. But pick a Jared. Let me ask you a question. Can you think of a '90s Christian uh, band that somebody might be familiar with? Uh, yeah. With yeah. I just listened to one yesterday. All Star United, Seven Day Jesus, DC Talk. <laughs> what? What do you want? Never heard of any Never of me them. either. Barlow Girl. Where are you at? <laughs> I heard Barlow Girl. They really? got some good stuff. Yeah, actually, them? I'm cultured. How about 38 um, Special? No, I, I never mind. <laughs> Sniper. So, so with that though, yeah. with thinking about music, like, so I had a, I, I posted the blog. I, I mentioned Aaliyah, and I actually know the season that I'm in now. Yes, most of the people that I know don't know who Aaliyah is. Mm-hmm. They have no context for who she is, and so I had a few like, I never heard of her. Who is she? Like, what is that? And uh, I, I make a joke in that blog post of saying like, if you don't know who Aaliyah is, we can't be friends. Right, right. right. I, I kind of mean it. It's it's d- deep in my heart. Like I kind of mean that. So I gave all my friends an opportunity to maintain our relationship. Yes. by going and listening to the song, but how. I feel that whole, way about jars of clay. Yeah, whoever they are. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but how how that genre of music yeah. actually connects me to a whole group of yeah, people yeah. that that for the most part maybe don't really actually have the Christian worldview that I have, but we yes. have some commonality here. We're like, oh, you listen to Aaliyah, um, right? You know who she is. Like, there's a, an immediate kind of relationship that started there, and yeah. we can start a relationship on music or Aaliyah or brisket or you know whatever. Yeah. The normal kind of And you don't have is. to reject that out of hand just because yeah. it doesn't have a Christian label on yeah. it, um, which I think is, again, we talk about common grace. Well, God has given people gifts. There's giftedness. Even if people don't, they're not, they don't know what their purpose is. They, you, we would say unbelievers don't know that their gifts were given by God and right. they should be doing it to honor, honor God. They're just doing it because they do it. Mm-hmm. But they're given those gifts, so why can't we appreciate a gift that somebody else has, even if they're not a Christian, because we're all created by one creator. And right. it's not an either-or proposition, right? It's not that I wholly accept all of you and affirm your lifestyle. No. Or I wholly reject all of you. Exactly. Right? Right. <laughs> because I'll be this, you're a human. I, I love you. You have value, you have dignity, you have skills. I also disagree fundamentally with kind of the core convictions that you have. And yeah. I have to, if I'm going to hold that mentality, which I think believers should, I have to actually be okay with them rejecting me. Yes, right. yes. I have to be okay with that too to be able to say for me in order to stand in that place where I say no I can still believe that that Jesus is the only way and I don't hate you those yeah. two things are not like yeah. uh, uh, the same thing and culture has pushed us yes I think pushed themselves even into thinking Christians are that right but I have to be able to dissect the same thing that as a yeah, believer yeah. to say that they believe that this is this doesn't matter you can be spiritual and it doesn't really matter who you are mm. but I I can let them believe that yeah. and believe they don't hate me or right. want to reject me or like right. 
I, I would say theologically they were they're rejecting God. That's I don't need to take that personal. Right. Um, and I think that is so much easier to I, I think it's so much better to do one on one than I think we've also gotten in this stage with all the different social media platforms where it's real easy to throw a bomb yeah. either direction and tell people, ah, I hate you if you're not my friend or if you're not commenting on this the way I want you to comment it, unfriend me if I see that one more time. But that's hard to do in person. Yeah. That's really hard to do in person. Well, we've so, all experienced that. Somebody who's yeah. like Captain Boldness on the internet, <laughs> and then when you go talk to him, like, hey, that was weird. Like, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think, that because that, that's part of why society has forced all sides now to be like, we if we don't have complete agreement, you're then, dead to me. Yeah, you're dead to me. And yeah. it's like, what? Well, and I love what you said about culture, too, because I think... Um, it's not just that I have a culture and unbelievers have a culture. It's that we have a culture, but like there's really no virtue in digging into the subset of Christian culture or even Christianese, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of the ways I can interact with people and have a relationship with people outside of my own culture is to <laughs> interact with theirs and study theirs yeah. and be familiar with it. I think so many Christians have seen it as virtuous that, well, I don't know, I don't watch TV or I don't listen to that music. And it's like, yes, well, that's not good, right? No. Like if you can't handle people swearing a little bit in a TV show, then really? Look, like, yeah, if, absolutely. If you, can't, if you can't embrace some of these things or even just study it, and so you can be conversant with stuff, right? Like you can't roll up into a group of friends like, oh, Leah, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Have, you ever, uh, have you ever heard of um, cross movement? Right. Uh, have you ever heard of Lecrae? Oh, I guess Lecrae is mainstream now, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> get out of your little bubble yeah. and know enough culture so you can interact with people who are different. There's no virtue in you building a wall around your house right, right, and right, right. thinking that God's pleased with that. Because yeah, that then right. leads us to think about missions and evangelism as we make these forays out into the world yes. and then we get scared and then we run back to the safety of, of our home and our yeah, church. Yeah, our bubble. Right. Not okay. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thought too, of just the the protection that you feel like you need to have, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like there's a there's a well, I don't want to be around sin. Like that's kind of like the, the like it's a cold you can catch. Yeah, well, one like it's a cold you can catch, but then two yeah. like as if um, as if you are really that tempted, or you're gonna fall into sin if you're around something that's right. sinful. Right. But right. it's kind of like no, I, I need to refrain from anything that is. Uh, cursing or or whatever those kind of things. Obviously, we would believe there are certain things. Don't go there, right? right. Yes, we're, we're not, you got to know your own heart never, and know what provokes you. Exactly, but we sometimes like we don't do mission trips to strip clubs. Here's yeah, exactly. Like that's probably not really a great paradigm. <laughs> that's not to, a high to, percentage to, choice. Right. That's not a great paradigm to have. <laughs> it might be um, a choice people make, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, there are better ways to go yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. But at the, but at the same time, we almost treat everything that way sometimes. Right. Yes. Like everything is like going to the strip club. Right. Um, and it's just like, well, no, those they aren't the same thing. And in John 17, Jesus prays. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, right? Yes. Right, but that you persist with them, that you you I, right, enable right. them, you come to them and help them. I love. Uh, I think it's First Corinthians five, but it might be Second. No, it's First Corinthians five. But but Paul says yes. you like. I would I would have to ask you to not be in the world. I'm not talking about like he's talking about ju- or addressing sin in the in the body. Yeah, he's talking about he's Christians. Like, I'm right? absolutely not talking about being in the world. Otherwise, because then you'd have to leave the world, world, right? But right. he's like, no, you're here, right? And I was like, we run over that passage. I feel like sometimes where mm-hmm. where he's talk when he when Jesus even is really harsh with yes. people. 
it's people who want to who are saying they're following him, but they're not. But they're not. It's it's to the people who are already kind of supposedly on the inside. But right, Paul right. was all things to all people in a way, so he had to be familiar with cultures and things. He didn't embrace it. He didn't endorse all of it. Right. But there's that that passage in Acts 19 or 17 the, on the when Paul's at the Areopagus and he's talking to these, yes. these Greek dudes and he just like 17 17 and he says yeah. it just very very like I I hear him just chill like ah. Oh. Hey, y'all know who this guy is Your right own here? poet had something to say about that. <laughs> and just, then he quotes the poet. Yeah. Like, right. He, so again, he's familiar with that culture. Right. And and I think that's a piece where being familiar with culture, even in a place where, where we live in Awesome Town, <laughs> is realizing what <laughs> what is the culture of Awesome Town and then how do you let the gospel speak into it? Because yes. we were just talking on, on the way over here that one of the temptations for our culture is this pretty and prime and... Uh, everything is good, and I'm I'm all okay. Yes, don't worry about me, kind of motif. Yeah, but yeah. if if believers can realize, like the believers in this city can be- realize that is a cultural tendency. Yeah, we can think about how to lean into that a little bit more and be like, well, you're probably not all okay. Yeah, right, uh, right. I'm not all good. That, that no matter that's how much not I say how I the world works. There's brokenness in your life. How can we let the gospel speak into it? But yeah. if we're not willing to lean into our even the culture that we're in here of addressing some of those cultural um proclivities then then we're not going to be able to be useful for the gospel to even that believer right that is that is going through something but is trying to act like they're they're okay like oh no i don't i don't need help it's like no you need help yeah you we all do (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and i've been thinking about this a bunch recently that we've allowed especially in american christianity we've allowed ourselves to create entire subcultures yeah. right so that we mm-hmm. have christian schools mm-hmm. and we have christian sports team and we yes. have sports teams at church and we find a christian doctor and a christian dentist and all our friends are christian and like without ever meaning to or maybe we did mean to we never really interact with unbelievers which then makes it necessary that we do mission trips and, and right. evangelism events that like we all together scarily get on a bus and go yes. out into the wild world but then it's all it was really scary out there so we get back on the bus and come back to our christian safety and that is not the paradigm of Jesus or the apostles or the early church. We were never meant to isolate ourselves in fear from the unbelieving world. We were meant to live very conspicuously yes. in the unbelieving world. So to have lots of unbelieving friends and to, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Christian schools or homeschooling or anything. No, no, no. But like I, to, to, but I get to find lots of ways to be out there. Well, and then and that's all the church does, then right. we come back together and go, okay, there are oh, more believers in the world. We're going to encourage ourselves. And you get encouragement. And then we go back and out. And you go back out. But then w- what happens when we do that then is we get this whole idea too of like any relationships we do have, and I get guilty of this sometimes, is that person is a project. Yeah. And that person is right, a Christian right. project, and I'm doing it just because I'm doing it for God rather than really try to find something about whoever is in your sphere, like yeah. you talk about in your garden, yeah. that you can find something that you really appreciate and like about them and be their friend, but also speak into their lives when applicable gospel principles. Go ahead, Barry. And I was, what's funny about that to me with even, so again, like Jared said a second ago, like there, there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting to be in a Christian school or whatever, that type of thing. It's just, what are you doing with it? Becomes the question like, okay, that's fine, but what are you doing with that? How are you capitalizing on the fact that your kids are in a Christian school and yeah. how are you stewarding that reality to be a gospel witness? But instead of a, oh, we don't do that. Like th- right. that's a different, mm-hmm. that's really not probably the best way to steward it. But what I was going to say is that children um, raising children, I feel like, are the greatest paradigm of how your normal life should be. Because when you when you have a child, they don't come out Christian, and you have to take. Oh, my yours didn't. Oh, 
<laughs> I, 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 I haven't had it yet, but I, I paid the upcharge and, the, and we got oh, a Christian. Yeah. We should talk later. I, get, I got to get your lawyer. I yeah. Got yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, but how, how they don't come out believers and there's this lifelong process that sadly some parents, some Christian parents never get to even experience their children mm-hmm. becoming believers, but there's this lifelong process and that paradigm point. is actually, uh, you know, God, God didn't sit up there, make, make marriage and family and be like, oh, I kind of like what I did there. I'm going to say that's like me. Mm, no, yeah, he, he right. imaged yeah. himself in marriage and family. And so there is a, there is a, a God DNA kind of all over marriage and family and the paradigm of, no, I'm going to keep educating my child. I'm going to keep pursuing them. I'm going to keep correcting them where necessary. I'm going to keep giving them grace where necessary. I'm going to keep pointing them to Jesus where necessary. And that mm-hmm. paradigm is the exact paradigm that you use in the community with every other non-believer you meet yeah. that that you you learn to you learn your kids and you realize all your kids aren't the same they don't have the same appetites the same personalities sure that one way that you gave one the gospel is not the same way you're going to give another the gospel and that's the same thing in the community right your co-workers not going to be you're going to share the co- with your co-worker the same way you're going to even share with um, let's say your atheistic coworker, the same way you're going to share with your Jewish coworker or your, you know, kind of on the fence coworker, you're going to have to learn who they are and, and actually value them as people, as right. individual people, yeah. right? That like God created That's how relationships work. That's right. the thing is finding that value because otherwise then we're the Christian shark who the minute we do give the gospel or something, yeah. they don't accept it and we swim away to find the next <laughs> victim. I, I, I didn't, that's not, that's not, uh, I didn't create that. That's by some, uh, Mike Gaston gave me a book. I can't remember. Just, just take credit for uh, it, man. I don't want to because I'll get sued. You know what oh, happens today. <laughs> Especially Christian people. It's highly litigious oh, Christian. Uh, but it, no, but it's just, yeah, that's the other challenges. I I will give somebody the gospel and then I really, I'm not good sometimes with then continuing and maintaining a friendship and a relationship because I'm finding something in them that I like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I grew up pretty secluded from the secular world. Right. And, and you were been, wearing a Lucha Libre mask. I was wearing time. a Lucha Libre mask. I had holy underwear on the whole time. Right. It's only been recently that like I've developed. It sounds so stupid, I, and maybe in high school a little bit too. But developed genuine friendships with people who are not Christ followers. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love it, and maybe it's because I work at church and I'm around Christians. But like, unbelievers are a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. Of no, they, well, they can be, especially when you're in ministry. I mean, you guys end up seeing the underbelly where a lot of times, and I will tell people this when I'm talking to friends of mine who are curious about church or whatever, you know, we get it in our head because it's church that everything is perfect and it's plastic and shiny and great because we're an awesome town, but it's a group of sinners. Like, yeah, you know, Tim right. Keller always talks about it's a, it's a hospital for sinners, a museum for uh, not, it's a hospital for sinners, not a museum for saints, right? Yeah, right. And so, and you guys end up seeing that under belly where I'm sure you're lulled into the sense sometimes like hey this is church what can happen what did you say in this yeah. email you know right. and yeah. it's like and it, but it's just been so great to like meet neighbors and become friends with them yes be introduced to other people's friends because all everybody I know is Christian like oh this yeah, is yeah. great and, and to develop genuine friendships again where it's not like well we've been friends now for three months right so I'd like to it, talk I'd to like you. to get but also and then what by that same token what we were talking with Jay Warner Wallace in that episode we did with him where he had a friend on the police force who kind of he felt like 
he had witnessed to, and it was he was kind of dragging him down a little bit right. into maybe behavior that he wasn't proud of or whatever. So we also, as Christians, it's incumbent upon us to read, to be in the Word, to encourage each other at church, so we can be strong enough when we're in certain situations that, yeah, we don't compromise on things that yeah. we believe, and that's okay, and it's not because we're judging someone else. It's because of the, the overwhelming amount of grace we've been given. We want right. to honor God with that, right? right? And we do want to share the gospel with people, right? Yes! This isn't just uh, incidental to our life. No. We genuinely think that this is why we were created to be in relationship with God through Christ. Um, but again, it's not a bait and switch friendship. Like right. I can see genuine value in the things that you can enjoy. I can learn culture around you and, and interact with you on that. I see value in you as a person and have a genuine relationship. Right. Yeah. And and again, going back to even the blog whole thing, and that 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 was a desire of the website was to have this like you know I think realizing we just are in an internet age, right? Like mm-hmm, no mm-hmm. need to like retreat from that. Um, but to realize like that is where people engage, that is where people think through things, that is where people talk to each other and wanting to use that as a platform to um, kind of share where I am and again, even even maybe learn from somebody else where they are and we might what? be of a different world worldview yeah, or perspective yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah. really being willing to consider and think through some of those yeah. things as I think through where I am in my relationship to Jesus and all those kinds of things. Yeah. I still use CompuServe. Can I get on the website that way? <laughs> So Dan, um, <laughs> I use I use Christian Mingle. Uh, I don't think that's a no. That's not a thing, is it? Not for me. I'm a married guy. I hope. So. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah, but they actually have a whole platform of of devices. Oh, other you thing. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my email, Dan Sajov at ChristianMingle.com. There you go. Dot com. Dot <laughs> com. Um, what to kind of give us? What are what are like two or three ideas uh, that people can use to tend their garden well? Have you have you thought through any? Yeah. No. That's that's a good question. So I, I do think. Honestly, the biggest one is identifying what's in it. Mm -hmm. And so thinking through, and not in an existential kind of way, but who am I? What, what, what? What do I do? What what is what is going on? What is near me? And so, you know, if I, thinking about me, uh, yeah, I, I'm I work at a church. I have a responsibility to a group of people. Um, I am married. I have a responsibility to my wife. We're we're about to have a kid. I have a a new unique responsibility to my wife in preparing for this kid that's coming up. Um, I am a son, and you know I should probably call my mom more often than I do. Mm. Um, I am a brother. I should check in with my sister who, and then even even going in more specific to that, my sister who has an eight year old or nine year old daughter that she's raising by herself. Like to think more specifically, like okay, my sister's not the same as my brother, um, and then my older sister is not the same as those two. She has four kids and a husband. They've been married for twenty plus years. Um, her her life is different, so how I care for her is different. But yeah. she has a, a her mom. Mom, um, who is living in her house and her mom is is older and she's trying to care for her and they're stressed so I think just really I going in and thinking more clearly and strategically about okay what what is actually in my life right now mm-hmm. um, so I think that's the big one that I actually I really think people don't do well mm. they don't take time to really assess okay what what is on my plate what is in my garden yeah um, and then maybe this is this might be a jump down the road but if I'm gonna have two significant ones that yeah. I would say it's realizing you need help to tend it. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a few little things in between there that are important too, but sure. like I think these those two are important is realizing what's in it and then realizing who can help you maintain it because you, you can't do it necessarily by yourself. Like mm-hmm. we aren't talking about a garden, you know, that you you kill the zucchini, you just grow some zucchini later on, right? <laughs> right. You got one yeah. life to live. So, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, really figuring out who, who can help me and um, how can I 
in some ways be humble enough to ask for help. Yeah. Ask for wisdom, ask for ways to grow and maintain um, the garden that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Cause for all of us at different seasons of life, we're, we're better or worse at maintaining it. Yeah. It's harder or easier at different stages in life. Um, and it's not always the same, but real, but being mindful that you might need help with your unique scenario or situation and being humble enough. I really say that like being humble enough to ask for help to say, yeah, I can't figure this out. Um, don't know what to do. What did you do? You know, mm. I'm, we're about to have a kid, right? Yeah. Um, as as much experience as I do have with children, I used to work in after school programs and that whole kind of thing. All of my close friends have children, so I've watched them parent. They've let me help parent in some kind of ways. Mm-hmm. My niece was living with us. Um, you know, she's the first diaper that I ever had to really change and wow. that cool kind of thing. So kind of got to raise her. Um, but none of those are my kids. And so at yeah. the same time, I want to be able to lean on those people that I've been with for the last, you know, 10 years of my life and say, all right, I'm getting my own, like how, help sure. me do this well. Um, and, and that's I, great. Cause it's a biblical, it's a biblical thing, right? Walk humbly with your God. I mean, that's, and that's as guys, I find that really hard to do a lot yeah. of times because that's why we don't ask for directions, right? Yep. Right. Uh, I just know where I'm going, though. So <laughs> yeah, that's I true. use Rand McNally, so I'm always set. <laughs> but yeah, so I would say those are kind of those are probably the two, in my mind, more important ones to get yeah. a hold of quick is being willing to ask for help and then being able to clearly identify what's in it, what needs to be maintained. Because you might get down that road and you realize, like, oh, I probably should. I don't need this in my life, mm-hmm. right? I, it's I, not a one-time thing, right? There's no. a constant reevaluation. Constant reevaluation, and and you might realize there's certain things that are sucking life from you. Mm. Um, and in the last, me and my wife started a garden on our little porch, and like in this whole kind of motif, just learning more about gardening. Mm-hmm. Um, but just how there are. Um, I forget what the term is now, but there's like neighbor plants, neighbor plants, neighboring plants that you can plant together hmm. um, that one won't suck more nutrients than the other. Oh. But there are certain plants That's that That's called will. the Jared plant, the one that sucks more nutrients right. yeah. than the other right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am a life taker in all the in all, all the people's ways. lives of it. <laughs> Only small doses of Jared. Yeah, right, right. Um, but, but yeah, so like thinking about like, yeah, how can I pare down my life or strategically situate my life even to get the most out of it. So there are certain plants that you can grow adjacent to other plants that help keep bugs away mm. and that kind of thing. Um, and sometimes some of those are at the expense of nutrients, but you're, you want to get your crop. So if, yeah. if you're going to water more or fertilize more or whatever so they can grow, but you also know no, no uh, bugs are going to kill your, your crop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that might be just a thing in evaluating and reevaluating. What, what is in here? What can go? What, what's sucking life away? And, um, yeah. and I think those are just huge. That's Thanks, awesome, man. man. Hey, uh, give us the uh, give us the web address there for you. The web address is to work and keep all spelled out. It's T O T O. Oh, never mind. T O W O R K A N D K E E P dot com. To work and keep dot com. And you're going to be starting a podcast soon. Is that right? Yeah. So Excellent. hopefully next month, I'm hoping to start a podcast. And again, that podcast is is going to be geared towards um, talking to people who are maintaining their garden and how they're Great. maintaining their garden. And, and uh, you know, the spectrum of people who have normal, just normal gardens that they're keeping. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Want, hopefully getting some people that have some more unique gardens that sure. take a little more care or attention and that that's kind great. of thing. And well, so, that's good because also in life, too, our garden is never how it starts out, right? Yeah. It may start out as a real 
traditional garden and as life happens all of a sudden we're in that unique garden and like to your point of being able to find others who have wisdom and say hey my garden's funky right now yeah right. what do we how do and we next do week we're going to talk about our secret garden that's right and we're going to sing ah! <laughs> i won't be here for that uh it's probably better that you're not um you know we got an email this week and i'm glad you guys are both here because as pastors this would probably be good we're mm. finally getting some emails at blessingfilledhosts at gmail.com dan what was that again it's blessingfilledhosts at gmail.com Thank this you. week jangus writes to us and says jared talked briefly about baptist being distinguished from other denominations due to the full immersion at baptism, which was interesting to learn. So we've got some people who are listening to the podcast who I think, to our point of Christianese, sometimes I think we assume that they have complete knowledge and will do like, I'm sorry, I have to call out, I have to, I have to call out what's happening right now. So we're in the studio and my lovely wife, Jill, is tiptoeing behind me. And I feel like we're doing almost like, um, what's what was the, it was not beat the clock, Twister. Twister, Remember Twister yeah, yeah. the game Twister, where right now she's yeah. over the top of I my back. I played that because I'm Christian and you come in fine. contact with other bodies. But what, 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 That's all right. I just pulled out my headphones. What exactly are you looking at? <laughs> Daisy's Magic Mountain. Daisy's Hurricane Magic Harbor Hurricane. Pass. Okay, fantastic. Okay. That's great. Well, here, I'll just go ahead and take this. Sorry. Anything else you'd like to add? No. Okay. Have you met Barry? What? No, that's Barry. <laughs> okay, great. All right, hold on. So I just pulled this out. Hold on. Matt, so far the podcast is going great. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's let's get back to our email. So uh, the point is, there's a lot of people who have questions that right. sometimes we take things for granted. Yeah. So anyway, um, interested about the full immersion of baptism, kind of dictating what Baptists are. He says it might be interesting to hear about the other denominations and how they're distinguished from each other, like Catholicism, various Protestant denominations, LDS, Adventists. Etc. I think that's a real interesting question. That's like a, lot, a whole episode. Yeah, it is a whole episode. But like quickly, yeah. how would you how would you just say uh, some some differences? Because I think now a lot of times two people who are outside of mainstream Christianity are trying to become part of it. Like I think LDS is an example of that. Yeah. Latter Day Saints by branding themselves as Christians mm-hmm. when they're really they're they're not. Yeah, according to the Bible. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe I'd jump in and ask, answer that by. First, acknowledging that there are some that are not like the others in, mm-hmm. the, in that sense. And so uh, maybe honing in on them, centering around Jesus mm-hmm. a little bit would be the, the greatest way to distinguish the differences between them. Um, because an LDS would say very, very different things than a um, Baptist would about Jesus, who he is, what he does, and what he accomplished. Uh, Jehovah's Witness would also say some some things that are very, very different about Jesus, who he was, and what he accomplished. Uh, Catholics, you get into this paradigm of they say a lot more similar things about Jesus and what mm-hmm. he did and what he accomplished, but the implications of what is required for us at, thereafter would be different um, of what was required of us in relationship to Jesus. Right. Um, and then... If you think through different, honestly, if you think through other just denominations, yeah. it usually isn't Jesus. So I like to think about, I like to think about it instead of a bullseye, and Jesus is like at the center or whatever is necessary is at the center. Mm-hmm. I like to flip it and make it however many concentric circles you need, but what is necessary is on the outside. Mm. Um, that's the yeah. outside circle that's containing everything. Yeah, and so I would say, sadly enough, you get a lot more church 
denominational kind of phrase because they disagree on something closer to the center of the circle, which would be things that absolutely do not matter. Mm-hmm. Not deal breakers. Uh, they're not yeah. deal breakers. It's like you have third Baptist churches. You know? Right. <laughs> um, and those are, but I, so thinking through, I would say from a Baptist perspective that a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon would be outside of the circle. Their belief of Jesus is, is uh, their difference in belief of Jesus is essential to being a believer, and they are outside the circle. But now you take a a Presbyterian, for example, Mm -hmm. they believe who Jesus is rightly. We would disagree on maybe a secondary issue that might say, yeah, we probably won't do church together because there are some theological differences that would just cause division. Gotcha. Um, But then you get into a a tertiary kind of of thought about... Music styles like that. Yeah. Oh, that becomes a little bit more like, why are we splitting up? Yeah, that's we're, we're literally splitting up because I'm I'm a jerk and you're a jerk. And yeah, we don't want to. <laughs> I will not together. go to a church that yeah, has yeah, blue yeah. carpet. Thank it, you. Exactly. That's those great. Be, those become more. Sadly, I would say those become wise. So there are a lot of third Baptist churches in the same town gotcha. or whatever. They're making a point. Well, we're the third Baptist church. <laughs> right, we're right, different right, right. than the first Baptist right. church and the second. Um, so you would say basically look at who Jesus is and what is what do what is different denominations or different. You know, groups religions say religions yeah, say. About I would say that. start there. Okay, um, answering that question. How about how about you, Jared? Yeah, I think it'd be hard to improve on that. I think I like how Barry identified that. That um, we have to first identify: Are we talking about um, variations of the same thing mm-hmm. as denominations within evangelicalism would be? Right. Or are we talking about a different religion that might identify some of the same players, mm-hmm. um, but think about them and their work? and sin and righteousness in such a different way that it's not the same, right? So even Islam uh, uses part of the Old Testament or some of the Old Testament characters, right? So there's a little bit of overlap historically maybe, Correct. but think very differently. So I, I right. think it's it's what Barry said. It's also um, every single religion identifies that there's something wrong. There's some kind of guilt problem or human problem or sin problem. Mm-hmm. It's the solution that varies, right? right? Yeah. So how the LDS church, how the Roman Catholic church thinks about the solution to to unrighteousness, to sin, to brokenness, while it might have gradations and variations that sound similar to the way Christianity does, mm-hmm. is different. And I would just say this, and this is reductionistic and simplistic, but here we are. Anyway, um, I think what separates uh, evangelical Christianity from every other religion in the world is every other religion in the world is predicated somehow about how I can work my way to whatever the idea of God is, Correct. right? So... I have this problem, I either need enlightenment or I have a sin problem or something like that. There's a distance between me and the divine somehow. How is it? What do I have to do? What steps do I have to take to reach towards the divine to be forgiven or whatever the the goal is of that religion? Mm -hmm. Christianity flips that on its head and says there's a a separation between us and God because of our sin, because of our brokenness. There's nothing I can do to work my way back. So rather than Christianity being about this incremental progression so that hopefully in the end I can be accepted and loved, it starts with acceptance and love in Christ, Mm -hmm. and then any practical change I would see in life or any practical way I would live is predicated not on my work but on the work that Jesus did. And I think that's the fundamental difference. So then you get into that evangelical Christianity bubble, and there are definitely differences and gradations. Sure. but I think that's the, the big difference is Jesus came for me. Uh, I'm accepted and loved first in him, and then I live out life, as opposed to trying to live life so that I can earn something from God. Get gotcha. to him. I, I love what, what I think Cecil asked, or posed to you, what he'll ask people sometimes is, how, how, are you, how do you know your sins are forgiven? Mm. Right, right. And asking that question of every other religion, like, how do you know that your sins are forgiven? 
And even for the ones that would say, well, Jesus accomplishes it, then you, well, who, who is Jesus that we're talking about? Mm. But like those two kind of questions are very, very gotcha. significant in identifying the differences between other religions and then even the gradations within Christianity. Like, what are we actually talking yeah. about? Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, for those gradations of Christianity, they're like, okay, so Jesus is the, the only way to the Father. He lived a sinless life, died on a cross. Uh, you have forgiveness in him and he's coming back. Okay, we, we agree on all those big things there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really are arguing over carpet. Right. That, yeah, or yeah, even yeah, like yeah. the difference between Baptists and Presbyterians, right? We're mm-hmm. talking about modes of baptism. Right. There's sure, other things sure. behind that. Right. Um, but so, baptism itself is not a deal breaker. Right. Like that's not a... Right. I have great friends that are Presbyterian, and right. I love what they're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we might have some differences that maybe just make it challenging for us to, sure. to do some things together. But, but we both say baptism doesn't save you. Right, right. It, it's yeah. a, it, we're just disagreeing. We think you should get dunked all the way because that's the form we see. Right. And they and, say sprinkling. And right. Because you can. Super soaking. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So this is a whole episode at some point. I think totally. we need to definitely do. Uh, Barry, thanks so much for coming in, man. Thanks for Give us me. one more time the web address. Toworkandkeep.com. 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 Blessingfilledhosts at gmail.com. If send, you'd us like some emails. And send us some emails Dan, and questions. It would be yes. so helpful if people would give us a review mm-hmm. or a star rating. That actually helps push us to the front of the list. Other people can find us more easily. Agreed. So if you listen, if you could take the two and a half seconds required to do that, that would mean a lot to us. And it is two and a half seconds. And by that sound, I can tell that Barb is her, her itchy fingers are playing us out here. Scratch us out, Barb. Scratch us out, Barb. Barry, thanks for coming. Thanks and for uh, we'll see you guys next time. Blessings. So